Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. T-minus 37 seconds. Fight with growing e equals MC. That all men are created About the future innovation. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Hey, welcome to the show. This is Ryan Treasure. I'm filling in for Jeff today. Uh, normally, Jeff and I do the show together, but he's out and about traveling, taking over the world. Uh, so I have a special guest in studio right here coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. From the first time Tracy's mom taught her to read at the age of three, she had a voracious appetite for books. She's always wanted to be an author from grade school on. She told teachers she wanted to write. Her biggest fan was always her mom. Finally, at the age of 50, after the loss of both of her parents, she took the plunge. She began with a series of children's book about her beloved rescue kitty, Lady Baldrick. What a name. Then she switched genres entirely for a historical romance novella in Passion Plunder. She is also a contributor to Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Amazing Mom. She has plans to explore many styles of writing and formats. Her latest book, Dear Celebrity, explores what happens when you send a letter to celebrities seeking a relationship rather than an autograph. Tracy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Awesome. What a what a cool bio. What a cool just kind of uh, twist of things that you got yourself into, um, you know, from the children's books and, you know, moving to Chicken Soup for the Soul. Uh, we, we work with a lot of those uh, authors and manage some of their their podcasts for the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's great to hear. Uh, thank you for joining us in studio today. Good. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So, you know, uh, finding your frequency is it's about like the journey. It's about the uh, that moment where you decided, aha, this is what I want to do. And so as I as I read your bio and, and, and it says that, you know, you, at the age of three, you know, you're reading and you had this appetite for books, but you didn't really start your writing process until, you know, you were 50. Tell us a little bit about that. Let's just kind of go back to that and talk about your passion for reading, for writing. And and then what was that aha moment as you led up to that that made you decide at 50 to take that plunge? Well, I always read everything from cereal boxes to any book I could get my hand on, you know, constantly reading anything. And Do you have a stack of books on your nightstand? On my nightstand, on the bookcase, <laughs> on the floor. They're everywhere. That's awesome. Uh, and so I keep a lot of bookstores in business pretty much. And I started reading early on and to the extent my mom taught me well, that in kindergarten they had to order more books because I read all the ones we were supposed to read, and then just kept reading and then started writing when I, you know, mm -hmm. got learned how to write well that was legible. You know. That's, I'm going through that with my <laughs> five-year-old right now. <laughs> it's a challenge. Uh, my handwriting's still not too pretty, so I'm glad for computers. But then... I decided I liked writing stories, so I always wrote anything down, whether it was just a paragraph or a whole story, and right. then decided that, why don't I see if the world likes what I write? And I'm glad for self-publishing because then I can put out all sorts of a variety of things right. that I write. So does that mean like you're you're making a full time living now just off of being an author? Not yet. Not hopefully, yet. hopefully, yeah. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. So you know, 
I'm looking at your books, right? And all of your books are really cool. You have, you know, these ones about the cats and all that kind of stuff. But the one that really sticks out is obviously, uh, you know, the letter to the celebrities, <laughs> which is completely off the beaten path, I think, from what you've written in the past. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's not normal for what you find out there. I mean, children's books, there's a lot of variety. There's a lot of children's books about cats, too. Yes, um, I think we may have read most of them. At yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't read mine yet. You'll like them. Oh, perfect. And then the Passions Plunder, of course, is a, you know what's termed a bodice ripper. So <laughs> okay. it's got pirates and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, explain that. That's a new term I haven't heard on Finding Your Frequency yet. Oh, it's a familiar term with women. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, any of those, normally they have a picture on the cover of you know some big muscular man and some woman with like half, in, half in, a dress in on. In some type of embrace? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, and so that one is about pirates and adventure. Okay. And, you know, you know my last name romance. is Treasure, so yes. I'm all about the booty. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's I like one. that treasure. <laughs> no, that's awesome. The name of my boat is actually Arg Me Booty. That's that, a good that name. That is the name of my boat, yep. That Not a big a, boat. I got a little boat. We go out to Lake Pleasant, right? Nice little spot. <laughs> Because uh, you're an Arizona native, right? I am. You know, I, I love talking to people that are from Arizona because yeah. I'm from Arizona. Um, I've traveled all over the country. I've traveled to many countries uh, outside of the United States. And every time I'm on an airplane, and I'm flying back home and I look down at the brown desert as mm-hmm. we're flying into the Sky Harbor. I go, yay, I'm yeah. home. <laughs> you know, and we've been to some cool places. Uh, what What's your favorite part about Arizona? Oh, uh, well, um I have grown up here. Majority of my life was not born here, but um, my favorite part about the desert, first thing that pops into my head has got to be the smell of creosote after a rain. Oh, yes. Yes. And it's something you can't describe to people that haven't lived here. And everyone that has lived here for a long time knows that smell and loves it. Yes. (laughs) If you guys don't know what we're talking about, go to Sedona and hang out after it rains. It's fantastic. Well, I mean, yes. you could you could get it here in the valley, but it's not as prevalent if you get outside of the valley. You need somewhere where there's yeah. a lot of creosote bushes together. Absolutely, which is anywhere outside <laughs> of the outside of the city itself. <laughs> but wow, yeah, no, that's awesome. You know what my favorite part about Arizona is? It doesn't snow here in Phoenix. You don't have to shovel sn- sunshine. No, I, I tell people all the time, and you know, I have a lot of friends that live in like Chicago and in the Midwest and stuff, and you know, they, they're sending me pictures on social media, and I'm like, that's a lot of snow. One yeah. guy, he opened his front door because you know we had the, they had like that polar vortex a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. He opens his front door, and the snow drift was all the way above the door frame, and so he sent me a picture of it, and the snow was like you opened the door, and all you saw was a wall of snow. That's it. He he said he had to tunnel his way out that day. And I'm like, wow. You know what I use salt for? My margaritas, man. That's it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I will put up with 110, 115 if I don't have to do that. (laughs) Yeah, one of our audio engineers, Matt, he's a native here as well. And we were having that conversation yesterday. We were, you know, here in the studio kind of early in the morning. And, you know, as you know, it's been unseasonably cold here. Mm -hmm. And we're standing out there and we're both looking at each other and we're like, let's bring on 110, please. (laughs) Please. Because when it gets 50 here and you're from Arizona, you're like immediately looking for a sweater, right? Yes. It's freezing. <laughs> it's freezing and you must stay indoors. <laughs> so tell us about Dear Celebrity. Um, what made you write that book in the first place? That That's kind of really my main question. I mean, were you actually looking for some type of a relationship or was it like a, an R&D thing that you were doing? Well, at the time I was not involved, so there was always that possibility. Uh, but basically... 
I was watching TV and I saw I was watching this show that was um, starring a comedian at the time. And I thought, hmm, he's cute. <laughs> I should send him a note because I'm just kind of that way. If you think something, why not do it? Right. You only live once. So You know, that's how we, that's how you do everything in the media. Like you 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 know, you see something you think that's interesting. Well, you'll never be able to go and actually experience it or ask person questions unless you actually reach out and do something about whatever your desire is, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I sent him a letter and he sent me a picture back. And so I sent him a thank you note and he sent me another picture back. And thought, hmm. I'll see what other celebrities would do on this. So I wrote a letter that was basically saying, I see you, and if you know I saw you in a bar, I'd you know think you were cute, and I'd go up and say hi, but this is how I saw you first. So <laughs> nice. here's a little bit about me, and are you interested? And sent made copies of it, so everyone got the exact same letter. That's great. <laughs> and I won't tell you how many I did, but I did a lot. And then, <laughs> you're welcome, United States Postal Service. You didn't even A-B test your letter? You just sent it out? I just sent it out. I love it. And <laughs> no one knew I was doing this. So sent it out and then waited to see what happened. And I did get a lot of photographs, a lot of autographs, fan club information. And then I got a card, a note, a phone call. Nice. Um Backstage passes to concert, uh, invitation to spend Christmas with family. Great. All sorts of things. It so so <laughs> out of that letter that you sent out, you know, um, are you still like friends with a lot of the people that you that you connected with? No. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, a lot of them. Some of them. I would not, you know, once I got to know them, I did not want a relationship with right. them. <laughs> and because, you know, we didn't click on some Yeah, like levels. the surface looked good, but the rest of it wasn't compatible. Yeah, I like <laughs> to say a pretty package with no present inside. You know. And there's, you know, some people that if, you know, it's good that someone's feeding them lines because they can't hold conversations. They can do it by themselves. It's a little tougher. Um but everyone, I was really impressed that everyone was very nice. Um, some were looking for less than a relationship, but more contact, shall we say. Right. And, you know, it's like, that's nice, but I'm... No, not into I'm, that. It's, it's, not a bo- <laughs> it's not a booty call letter. It's, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So how did you how did you go about acquiring like contact information for all of those folks? I mean, that had to be a ton of research. Um, actually, this was done, and I do address it in my book that my this was all done a number of years ago, shall we say, before I had a home computer, before you know, during the course of this call waiting was invented. Okay, you know, okay. Caller ID. Um, <laughs> gotcha. So. It was done a while ago, and so... So then it was even harder to grab everybody's contact information. No, because they're... I'm not sure if they still do it, but you could buy celebrity address lists. Huh, okay. That would be literally thousands of addresses alphabetized nice. by people's names, and a lot of them are agents' mm-hmm. addresses, but it might get to them. And so I bought one of those and just went through and had addresses for... Lots of people. That's really cool. So what are you doing now um, as it relates to the Dear Celebrity? Are you just kind of like in in promotional mode, like letting people know that it's there? And wh- how long has it been out? It's been out less than a year. Okay. Uh, so because I finally 
know, took the plunge and got it done and <laughs> put it out there. And right now I am in the promotion mode of it, getting the word out. Is there any dirty little secrets in there? Uh, and don't share it. You can, just say, you, can just, you can just say, yes, go buy the book. <laughs> well, I will tell you that I do not use anyone's real name. Right, of course. Um, for, you know, legal and politeness reasons. Yeah. And, but there's some interesting stuff of things that were said to me, uh, how so you, some people promoted themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're like, um, you were saying that you even got invited to like family dinners and stuff like that. Um, one, I did have what I call a pseudo relationship. Okay. Did develop um, due to distance of him being in LA, me being in Phoenix. It did not evolve to a full relationship. That's a short distance relationship. I, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> it's five hours. It is. It's a one hour plane ride. It's a one hour plane ride. But at one point, even before we ever met face to face, which we eventually did, um, he did invite me to spend Christmas with he and his kids. Oh, cool. And did you take that offer up? Did you go do that? I did not do that. Okay. <laughs> um, there is that, you know, I mean, safety factor. I mean, you're over here taking the plunge. <laughs> I'm taking the plunge, but I'm not jumping in and for a family holiday with someone I hadn't even been in a room with. Yeah, see, and I would have just went for the free food because that's how I roll. It was a whole weekend. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. And kids you probably never met either, right? I had not met the kids. Yeah, I could, I could feel I that had, that would be a little awkward. I had spoken to them briefly on the phone when I called, uh -huh. you know, because we talked quite a bit on the phone. But I was not ready to go spend, no. you know, a major family holiday with someone. <laughs> I can understand that. Well, that, that's amazing. So all, uh, all of your books are on Amazon, self-published. And um, if you guys are out there and you want to check out these books, you can just do a search on Amazon for Tracy with an I-E Langston, and you'll find the books. There's, what, nine of them? There are six books. Six books that you've done. Yeah. It's Tracy with an I, middle initial E. Yep, correct. And then, uh, yeah, we got a bunch of cool books. I'm just going to kind of read through them, right? You have Passions Plunder, mm -hmm. right? We talked about that. <laughs> uh, the Lady Baldrick books. That's the four-book series about the uh, your rescue cat, yeah? Yes, my rescue cat, Lady Baldrick. Um, is your rescue cat part Maine Coon? No. No? No. It's got an M on his forehead. She's a tabby. Okay. And we think part Siamese, awesome. the way she's built and talks a lot. Oh, this is great. What's the Death Tree? The Death Let's Tree is an ebook only okay. that I released this past Halloween, which is a short horror fiction. I'll have to check that out. I thought I'd, you know, give, you know, Stephen King a run for his money and you know. I hate because of <laughs> Stephen King, I can't do clowns. I can't, can't oh, I can't do it. So many people cannot. Oh, my <laughs> wife is the same way. Like so I can I can like all right, there's an clown, right? But as soon as you start to get any kind of creepy twist towards a clown, I am out. Yeah. I'm done. It's yeah. It's just scary. Yeah, and then and then they remade the movie again and scared me again. Well, just they recently. Need, they needed to re-scare people, oh. more people that weren't scared before. <laughs> so, yes, the Death Tree has I tried writing gore and scary stuff. Yeah, so. you know what's funny too about um uh, about him as an author too. My wife and I went to Yosemite National Park mm -hmm. and like that little house that's down in the bottom of Yosemite is mm -hmm. where they uh, filmed, I think, part of one of the movies based off of Stephen King's book something, right? I think so. Yeah. Well, I, and then that hotel in Colorado yeah. for The Shining. Yes, right. <laughs> that's a freaky movie too. Yes. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, yeah but that's why I, that's why I like self-publishing because I can go from children's books yeah. to horror fiction to romance. So your children's books, these are the Lady Baldrick series? Correct. Okay, perfect. I'm going to buy those so my daughter and I can can check them out. We're in the process. She's five. Uh-huh. And so we're, you know, doing, you know, as much reading as we possibly can. And, you know, I'm always trying to get her to read to me. Uh, <laughs> although sometimes she's like, no, I don't want to read, Dad. You read to me. And so then, you know, <laughs> but at least we're reading, right? And, Correct. And, and we're doing all that. Uh, and, you know, as you look back at you being, you know, kind of three, learning how to read and, you know, that being your passion, um, I always like to ask, especially our authors, you know, what's what's some advice you could give to parents to, you know, help propel kids into getting into, you know, reading and writing more? Well, like you said, have them read to you because then you know that they're actually learning to read rather right. than just following along what you're doing. And then find out what they want to read because – some right. people think, oh, you want to read this type of book, and this is good for It's like if they're reading, they're reading. You know. Yeah, and no, you're right. I, I have some experience with that, too. So I'm a huge Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. and my daughter is a Star Wars fan as well, Like, but not reading Star Wars books, I've noticed. So I bought her this whole series of like stage one readers. It's like all these little mini stories about Star Wars characters, and um, it's like too intricate into the story for her. She doesn't care that much. She just wants to know what BB-8 doing. Yeah. You know, and so, <laughs> so we've had to kind of shift. Uh, and then we found that she's got, uh, there's a cartoon that she likes to watch um, called Shimmer and Shine. It's like two little genies. And um, then I found a whole series of Shimmer and Shine first readers for those. And then I brought those home. And I'm telling you, in, in three days, we read all nine of the books and, you know, it was much more engagement. So that's mm-hmm. definitely a good, a, good, a good option to make sure you know what they like to read. Yeah, find out what their interests are and let them, you know, go to the bookstore with them and let them pick out. Yeah, at first I'm like, if I have to sit here and read all these, stories like I don't want to read Shimmer and Shine (laughs) (laughs) but guess what I do you do I read Shimmer and Shine Uh (laughs) well and that's why my Lady Baldrick books are a little different because as you noticed when you were looking at them online is the cover has a photograph of my cat Mm -hmm. they're illustrated with photographs of her rather than the traditional drawings and you're the photographer yes I I took all the pictures of her and then incorporated them into the books I could probably make a book about my dog based off of the pictures I take. Cause I have a, a Queensland healer, oh, right? Freak. And she's like, A, she's really hyper. She's gotta be doing something constantly, but she's the best dog. She's, she poses <laughs> for pictures, puts her ears up, you know, and she's like, hey, it's time to take a picture. And she turns and gives you like blue steel or something like that. And you're like, dang dog, you should be a model. But yeah, no, that's cool that you kind of took that idea of, you know, uh, being such a cat lover and integrated mm-hmm. that into some, uh, some cool storytelling. So what, um, you know, what's the story behind the cat books? Like, what's the cat doing? What's going on? What's, what, 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 what's, why? <laughs> <laughs> well, she, um, rescu- I rescued her as a kitten, and she was a starving little abandoned kitten, mm-hmm. and took care of her, and she's, she had some issues, which one of them is Lady Baldrick and the Pirate Eye, because she has one eye that is smaller and has a lid that partially covers it. So, I tried to honor kind of Mr. Rogers kind of ideas mm-hmm. of, you know, learn something and make everyone feel included. Right. So that one shows that just because you may look different doesn't mean you are any less lovable. Oh, great. And then... that's I think that's <laughs> something that kids need to learn as early and as often as possible is that whole, you know, like your vision of self doesn't necessarily represent your abilities. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And Lady Baldrick and Dragon is, she has a toy that 
I got her when she was very it's young. It's like a new age ugly duckling type of story. Right? <laughs> no, it's she was very tiny and she, you know, she didn't she was abandoned, so she needed something and I found this dragon. It's a dog toy that was actually bigger than her at the time, <laughs> but she loved it. And it is her best friend. If you pick a dragon up, she watches you until you set him back down, and then she goes over and checks on him <laughs> to make sure he's okay and you didn't do anything to him. <laughs> but So that one is how just because someone may look different or be different from you, they can still be your best friend. Right, okay. To try to Again, another, another good thing that kids need to learn. I mean, there's you know, people from all different ethnicities and backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's important to understand that everybody could be your friend, right? Exactly. Yeah. And not to mention, do you know how cool it is to have friends of all different ethnicities and the types of food that you get to indulge in with your friends that you would never oh, would even it, like fathom? It's amazing. Oh, <laughs> so everybody should have a Filipino friend because Filipino food is amazing. I haven't had that much. Oh, that. my Lord. If you haven't had like Filipino egg rolls, the, uh -uh. You'll, you'll never have a Chinese egg roll again. Really? Yes. They're fantastic. I've had like Thai and Vietnamese. There's, so Vietnamese ones are really close oh, okay. to those ones. <laughs> I have a cat story for you. Okay. All right. So uh, we were talking earlier, like uh, I have a boat, we go out and fish at Lake Pleasant and stuff. And so I had gone uh, to uh, pick up my boat at the storage place because I can't, I've lived in an HOA, I can't keep my boat at my house. So I, <laughs> I, I rent a parking space at, at, the, at the storage place around the corner. So I go pick up my boat and bring it home and get it all ready to go. And, you know, I'm taking the family out for a Sunday little jaunt and we're going to go to the lake and my mom is coming and, uh, and my grandmother had come into town and she's like 85. And I'm like, yeah, we'll go to the lake. We'll just to toodle around. We'll go to the marina and have lunch and all that. And so we go out to the lake and we have a great day and we come home and I'm cleaning out the boat. And I'm like, what is that sound? This is really weird. I hear like kittens meowing inside the boat. And I'm, and I'm like, we just got back from the lake. This is really weird. So I start taking, you know, all the stuff out of the boat. I open up the engine compartment on the back of the boat. And wow, sure enough, there is six little bitty baby newborn kittens, no mom, in the back of the boat behind. Like I have a crate back there where I keep like tools and stuff just in case something happens. And so behind the crate up against the firewall inside the engine compartment all the way in the back of the boat are these six tiny kittens. And I'm thinking to myself, just I just took these cats to the lake. Like they were at the lake with us, cruising around, and the they, poor, they had a vacation. Poor things, you know, <laughs> bouncing around back there. You know, my cat, my wife, my family, we love animals. My wife is a, is a total cat lover, so I immediately I have to go get my wife. I need help. There's eight cats, so we go get these eight cats, and yeah, we we pulled them out. I mean, they couldn't have been very old, you know, maybe a few weeks or something like that, because their eyes were barely even open. Uh, and so, yeah, we ended up with six kittens that we found in my boat, and uh, we found homes for um, five of them, and we kept one. Her name was Meow Meow. That's what my daughter <laughs> named her. And, uh, and so, yeah, we have Meow Meow now, and Meow Meow is an outside cat. Um, she won't come in the house at all. Like, you can leave the door open. You can put a can of tuna there, catnip, whatever you want. Wow. She will not. She'll go in the garage, but she won't go through the door into the house. And, uh, yeah, so that was my little cat story I <laughs> wanted to share with you. Something recent that was, I know, very random, but, uh, you know, with your love of cats, you got to appreciate yeah. that. I mean, Did like, you have to bottle feed them? Yes. Yeah, That's we, a yeah. challenge. We, Every couple hours, wake oh, up. 
yeah, yeah. yeah we did all that. We went to like PetSmart or whatever and went and bought the whole bottle. The, the kit. fake milk stuff. Yeah, uh, powdered milk and had to do the whole thing. And, you know, uh, yeah, it was good. I, we had a couple of the engineers that were here. You know, they had kids and stuff. And so those guys took a cat and, you know, a couple of the other producers <laughs> here took a cat. And then we ended up with Meow Meow. We kept Meow Meow because she had a Cheshire face. Oh. So she was like brown and red like on one and white on one side of her face and then like your cat on the other side like that gray and white mm -hmm. so when you looked at her she had like a red side and like a black and white side it was really cool so we're like we'll keep this one's really cool yeah <laughs> so there's our cat story you got any cat stories to share well everything in the about, book everything about baldrick yes <laughs> <laughs> so you guys will have to go get the book to find out about uh, tracy's cat stories because they're all in there right yes and she is because we, I, you know, rescued her so young and had to do the bottle feeding mm -hmm. every two hours and teach her. She didn't have, you know, I was her mom. Yeah. So she didn't have cat parents. She didn't learn how to do anything other than what she made up and what she learned from me. Yeah, that's how my uh, my Queensland healer is. Uh, I was like scrolling through. My dog had just passed away. I had a, a wiener. His name was. Uh, <laughs> Sir Leonard was his name. Uh, he was a wiener dog. Uh, and so uh, Sir Leonard Treasure was what we named him. Uh, and so he uh, he passed away. I had him for 15 years. Uh, and I probably let about four or five months go by. And I was finally like, I need another dog. You know, I'm, I'm ready now. Yeah. And so then I started scrolling through like Craigslist looking for dogs that were for sale. And, you know, we went and looked at a couple of shelters. And I knew that I didn't want a big dog, but I also didn't want another wiener dog either. I didn't want something so small. So then I find these dogs that are on like in Mesa somewhere. So I jump in my truck and I drive to Mesa and I go look at these dogs and I get there. And I mean, these little puppies are in like those the worst conditions I had ever seen, oh. like in a shed, like out back of somebody's house. You, you know, they're like, oh, you know, come take a look at the dogs and I like a was hesitant to even go in their backyard because it was disgusting and then I get in there and I'm like how old are these dogs and they're like oh they're four weeks old and I'm like um, you know I'm like you know you're not supposed to like sell dogs until like 12 yeah. or 15 weeks or something like that you know Still they're totally weaned and right and I'm like well where's the mom and they're like oh the mom left and I'm like why? I'm like, how much do you want for these dogs? And he's like, oh, I want $400. And I was like, no, I'm not going to give you $400 for a dog. Uh, there was three puppies. And I'm like, where's the rest of the litter? And they're mm -hmm. like, we sold them. And I'm like, this is really weird. And I'm like, all right, well, there's no mom. There's not here. I was like, I would be doing these dogs a favor if I took them. So I did. Yeah. Took them all. Took them all? Took them all. <laughs> I kept one, but I took them all. Right, and we found homes, and we bottle fed them the three that were left. Uh, yeah, but so I did. I did pay four hundred dollars for the dogs, but I got all of them for four hundred dollars. So uh, you saved them. I, 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 that's how I feel. And so we got the dogs home, and then you know took them to the vet and all that kind of stuff. The vet was absolutely appalled, you know, and like you know wanted to call like authorities or something like that on them. And I'm like, you could call authorities. These are the types of people that you can call authorities on. They don't care. You know, that's just, I think they happened to randomly have uh, puppies and didn't know what to do or whatever. But yeah, so now, now we have Princess at home and, you know, that's her name. Mar my daughter Marley got to name her. And so, yeah, her name is Princess. And yeah, we, uh, I definitely love your affinity for uh, for saving animals. Yes, and know? we we both have very regal names between yes. Sir Leonard and Princess <laughs> and Lady Baldrick. Yes, so, yes. Oh, yes. You ready? Are you ready for this one? So we have, uh, my wife has a wiener dog. Her name is Penelope. Penelope. Yes, so it's a we, good name. Yeah, we like we like long regal names for our dogs. Yes, well, we ended up with Lady Baldrick because one, if you're familiar with Black Adder, the okay. British TV show, 
his I've heard of it. His sidekick is named Baldrick. Okay. Who's this <laughs> dressed in brown, scruffy, street urchin kind of guy. <laughs> so I found Baldrick and she was not looking really good <laughs> at the time and thought Baldrick and you know, try different names. You say different names in front of the animal and see which one they like. Right. You let them pick. And she liked Baldrick. But of course, at that time, we didn't know if she was a she or a he. Right. Yeah. Could not tell. That yeah, young. Cat, cats are tough to tell yes. when they're really, lo- when they're when they're really when they're little young. kittens. Yep. And took her to the vet and they said, oh, she's only a couple weeks old. And, you know, at that time they were saying he because we were saying he and didn't know <laughs> and also wrote Outlook Guarded for, you know, her condition. Right. So gave her prescription food, all sorts of stuff, everything <laughs> grew, 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 went back to a lot of vet visits. One of the vets said, okay, we're, I'm going to go check her, you know, we'll know for sure. We've got a big viewing thing in the back. Go back there, check, come back. You have a girl. And we're like, okay. We <laughs> so then you had so to, had you to had tack to the lady onto there so it wouldn't confuse too many people that it was Lady Baldrick. That's awesome. A couple questions before we wrap up our, our interview here. Um, I always want to have a takeaway for our audience. So, you know, you gave some advice on, on, on reading and writing for the, for the young ones. Um, you know, as, as you being an author, you know, and a woman and, you know, forging your way through the, the society, do you have, you know, just maybe some advice for anybody who, who wants to write that first book? You took that plunge. You know, what, what advice would you give somebody who's like on the fence or I guess at the edge of the diving board? <laughs> as, as Nike says, just do it. Right. Um, I didn't know if my books would be well received or not or what kind of reviews. So... I thought, know what, if I do that, self-publish them, put them out there, and then I can say, I have written books, I have published books, right? and I am an author. So I can say that now, because I am, because I did it. Right. Uh, I decided to go for it. And all of them have gotten very good reviews. Everyone that's read them have really liked them, especially... I, I've had teachers, grandparents, and librarians rave about the Lady Baldrick books. Nice. Which is, you know, it makes you feel good, but it's like, yeah, and I'm reaching people. Yeah, I mean, you, you, put, you put yourself out there with your own, you know, creativity. And I know for me, like, you know, I like to make music, and I don't let anybody listen to my music because I don't know if they're going to like it or not, you know. And so I can, I can understand that but for sure. If, if you like it, that's what matters. That's why I, I don't if care. Makes, I don't if care it makes if anybody you happy. listens to it. It makes me happy, yeah. So what is next for you, right? You have all these books. Are you writing new books? Like, what's next? I am working on more Lady Baldrick books. Okay. Uh, trying to find out good – I've got some ideas for new themes to help kids. And I also have a number of ideas further in the Passion series. Okay. So started with pirates. Big, uh, big buff guys and women's in an embrace. Yes. Sweet. More of those. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure women love those books. Well, some men maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I've had men read them too, and they're like, oh, that's, you know, that's <laughs> interesting Juicy. to read. Yes. <laughs> but luckily, the covers of them are not the normal right. type that you find. It's 
subtle. So if a guy's reading it, you don't really know other than the word passion somewhere on the cuff in the title. <laughs> yeah, you're walking through the airport and you look over and there's a guy and he's holding a book with a blonde man on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my covers are very subtle, so it doesn't have the, you know, Fabio holding someone. <laughs> and that's so funny. So where uh, I know your books are on Amazon, but um, I want to give you the opportunity to let the listeners know where they can find you, your website, you know, um, all of those types of things where they can pick up the books, find out more about you. I have a Facebook page, Tracy E. Langston, and also have Twitter. Okay. And that's where I'm there. What's um, your Twitter handle? You would ask me that. Top of my head. It's at something. Yes. <laughs> okay, you go on, go on Twitter and type in Tracy E. Langston. Langston and you'll find me. <laughs> and then, of course, my books are on Amazon and a lot of other book websites, uh, including Barnes & Noble. Cool. You can order them through there. And I have found them as far away as a book site on, in South Africa. That is amazing. So... I am international. That is fantastic. <laughs> well, Tracy, thank you so much for uh, coming down here to our studio in Phoenix. I appreciate your time. It's been fun. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Finding Your Frequency. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure if you're listening to the podcast, you you know subscribe to that, uh, like it, send it out on social media, You know, give us five stars. We love those. Those help our <laughs> rankings. We're trying to get to the top there. Uh, and of course, you can check us out all over social media at Radio Ryan One, at Jeff Spinney Two, and of course, uh, the website for the radio show, FindingYourFrequency.net. Stay tuned, VoiceAmerica.com.